Hello, friend. This is not a pre-roll ad for a mattress company. This is our own little ad for a new program we have launching called Build Without Burnout Academy. Ooh. Ah. ah. Thank you for the audience who just did that for us. <laughs> Build Without Burnout is included in our Wandering Aimfully membership, and it is a six-month program to help client-based business owners transition into selling digital products without burning out in the process. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, or if you just like new things, go to join.wanderingaimfully.com to to learn more. That's join.wanderingaimfully.com to learn more. Now enjoy the episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to Wandering Aimfully, the show. I'm one of your hosts, Caroline Zook. I'm Jason Zook. I did finger pointing. I don't very know why. Very cool. I did it. Very We're going to help you with your first year in business, although this could also be very applicable to any year that you are in your business because we're going to talk about seed planting. What is that? What does are that mean? Are we farmers? Maybe. Maybe we're going to talk metaphorical about metaphorical farmers. An experimenter's mindset. Yeah. And just overall give you advice that um, we can now say, looking back many years later, things that we wish we would have kept in mind that first year of business or things that we did keep in mind and really paid off for us. Hopefully some very practical takeaways for you. And if there are some things that you're just like, wow, this is super helpful, let us know. Tell us My in goal the is comments that you just or wherever. Watch or listen to this episode and you come away jazz and you're like, I can't wait to go work on my business. You come away, listen to Duke Silver and jazz music. Shout out to Parks and Rec fans. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Ah, I'm having some crisp, cold Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee? Milwaukee in Phoenix? Red Stripe, <laughs> hooray beer. Remember that? That ad campaign that went for years? 100% no. Yeah. It was a fun, it was just a guy who said, hooray beer. And I remembered it, stuck in my brain. Damn you, advertising. You are Damn so Damn you, advertising. Sticky. That's not what we're talking about today, though. What are we talking about, Jason? Uh, let's talk about what people in their first year of business can do to feel maybe less overwhelmed, less self-doubt, feel like there's hope at the end of the business tunnel. Yeah. And maybe figure out some actionable things that they can do that give them like, oh, I'm in control of this. Because I feel like so much of your first year in business and even maybe 10 years into this, sometimes we feel like that if you have a new project, it just feels completely out of your control and like you're just at the whim of the internet at some point. Yeah, and part of the reason I wanted to do this episode too is partially like I know Matt, our friend Matt Diavella, he was asking some questions the about- The very famous YouTuber Matt very, Diavella. very famous friend yeah. that we have. Yeah. He, YouTube creator on the rest, he was talking to me about like different things that you need at different parts of your journey and trying to put, put myself back in my shoes in the beginning of starting my business. And I don't, you and I try to do this because we give advice to a lot of people, especially inside Wandering Gamefully. And so, but sometimes I feel you are just kind of confronted with your own business challenges at any type. And I forget sometimes what it felt like to be, especially like when I started Made Vibrant in 2014, at that part of the journey where you do a little bit feel, not that you feel out of control because that's being a business owner. You're right. not in control of a lot of things. But you wonder if 
all the work that you're putting in is going to pay off because you don't yet have an audience or a very big one. You don't yet, you're not yet really seeing the return on your investment in hard work yet, right? So I think you and I wanted to do an episode speaking specifically to people at that part of their journey. All right, let's establish some keywords so we can make sure we come back to all the things we want to come back to, especially because we have the timer that I forgot to set. Keyword roulette. Oh my gosh. (gasps) You guys just got two bonus minutes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right, we've been going for two minutes, so I'm going to set it for 23 minutes. Whew, that was close. Babe, that did you see been... how I just said you got two bonus minutes and it's actually been two minutes? That could have been a disaster. The internet would have been shut down. For... Internet would have shut down. They'd have been like, you didn't have the timer. How did it just the internet shut down? Okay, keywords. <laughs> things we want to talk about. Okay. Seed planting. Seed planting. Oh, you're looking to me now? Yeah, sure. Oh, I was just going to repeat I all the we. things you said. I said we. Yeah. I would like to talk about... What are all the things that I said before? <laughs> Literally, like, my bl- my brain is just like, no. Get a microphone in front of you, and it's just complete halt. Um, I do want to talk about uh, a mindset shift of hard things and regrets. So I have something for that. What did I just say when I sat down? I was like, I have something I want to talk about. Um, wow. This is really, this is the this real. This is hurting me. This is the real struggle bus This is hurting here. me. Yeah. We just, guys, we literally on the way over here. We were, we're like, oh, we would love to do this episode. And we listed off like six things. Yeah. And now the red light of doom is staring at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what my name is. Okay, let's just, just let's start, let's in start and we'll see what fills okay. in the gaps. The thing that I want to bring up that you just touched on this a little bit, though, I think it's very important for people who are in their first year, 10th year, whatever year of business, is that it is difficult to run your own business. It's difficult to get customers. It's difficult to build a product people like. It's difficult to have good customer service. I got it. What's your keyword? Experimentation. It's difficult to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. It's more difficult to look back at your life in 30 years from now and go, I wish I wouldn't have taken and stayed at a job that I hated for 30 years when I 30 years ago had the ability to try something with less pressure or more time or more resources, more resources on my side. So I think that mental shift, that's what's it done it for me mm-hmm. since the beginning of being an entrepreneur is... I don't want to look back on my life and go, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. I took the quote unquote easy road by getting a normal job and doing whatever, as opposed to trying to do the hard thing of creating my own work and ecosystem and life and, and community and all this stuff. So and I think that's just a big thing that's hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. But if you can commit to that, it's really helpful. Yeah. One thing I want to say is if you're listening to all of this right now, as with any of the advice that we ever give anyone. What if you're listening to none of this right now? <laughs> take everything that we say with a grain of salt and run it through your own value filter and run it through your own scenario with your own context and everything. Because I think there's going to be two groups of people in their first year of business listening to this right now. One group of people is going to need to hear, keep going. It's hard, but like you're you're on the right track. And another group of people is are going to need to hear, it's okay if you want to go get a regular job. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you're not quote unquote, cut out for this. It's not It's not a failure of any type of personality trait that you don't have or something. It's just about what do you want for your life? What yeah. is going to set you up to be the happiest person? I think some people get into running their own business and they're sort of, they fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur, but they don't like the challenges because it weighs on them. And Maybe if they're in the client business, like like it was for me when I did Made Vibrant, it weighs on their heart, you know, having these expectations of other people on them all the time. And maybe that actually creates a negative impact on your mental health. And then in that case, 
go get a different job and be somebody else's supporting role. And maybe that's where you shine, right? So there's that. And mm-hmm. then other, but I think to your point, going back to what you just said, that was kind of my my asterisk caveat. Totally. Going good, back to good what, asterisk caveat. Thank you. Asterisk caviar, new product. Oh, okay. New band. Oh. Hey guys, what's up? We're asterisk caviar. It's very hard to pronounce our name. And this is our first <laughs> hit single. Fish eggs. Okay. That's what caviar is, isn't okay. it? All right. um, but, I'll allow it. Thank you. Yep. But to your point, if you are in the camp that I mentioned where you're in that first year and it's hard and you're not feeling the momentum and you're not feeling like anything that you're doing is really getting the ball rolling in the direction that you want it to be. Remember what Jason just said, which is that it's supposed to be hard. Like it really is. It just it it's I always come back to this metaphor of it's a Rubik's cube. It's a puzzle. It's a million different variables that are changing and shifting on you at any given time. Does your product match the right audience? Are you creating content that resonates with people? Have you landed on a a brand positioning that, you know, there's a need for them? Like all these different things. And I don't say that to overwhelm you. I just, I actually use that as a tool of compassion to say, it's okay if you don't have it figured out yet. Yeah. And I think that so much of, and we can jump right into your keyword because I think it's, it's really helpful, is if you just shift your mindset as well to experimentation. Yes. All of business and especially creating your own business is about experimentation because you can be a person who's like, I want to make and sell candles online. And you go, there are other companies that make and sell candles online. I am going to follow what they did to a T to a candle shaped like a T. Nice business. Tea idea. candles. <gasps> oh, that's wow. a thing. Tea light. It's a double. It's called tea lights. It's a double, but they're teas. They're little teas. Yeah. Uh, no, they're shaped of t-shirts. Okay. Uh, but what you do is you go, I'm going to compare my starting line to this other candle company's finish line. Mm-hmm. And their finish line is not necessarily they've, they've made it and they're done and they've sold for millions or whatever, but it's just like they're a running business that's efficient at selling candles, making candles, people love them, et cetera. Yep. You're just getting started. You comparing yourself to them and going, I'm going to follow exactly what they did could lead you into a lot of trouble because you don't have the same circumstances they did. You don't have the same things that are Still going set. on. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of variables that you don't know about. So it's really important to go, Yes, I'm going to follow some of the things they did because we're similar businesses and I would take those. However, I need to understand that a lot of that's just going to be experimentation and some of it may not work and some of it may work and I may need to go lowercase T's. Maybe uppercase T's are not the way to run this candle business. Not hot anymore. This well, I mean, they're always hot because they're candles, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. They're hot because they're always candles. That's the tagline for the tea candles. Um, so the experimenter's mindset, which is, I think, a big yes. thing for us that we have used for many years through many ideas. We continue to use it even with this podcast. We experiment with things. The timer is a great example. We just keep trying things until you see what you feel really good about and what resonates with your customers, your audience, or whoever else you need to reach. So many thoughts. Well, you're only allowed to have three. But you you were like, here's your keyword. Let me talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I have so many thoughts. That's how we work. I know. So I want to touch on what you said about comparing your starting line to somebody else's middle or finish line or whatever, because we even fall into this sometimes where we want to start maybe a new marketing tactic or something like starting a YouTube channel. And we go look at other people who have successful YouTube channels. And I think that's a very natural thing to want to do because you go, hey, this person has already done all the experiments and I'm going to sort of try and, you know, use their hard fought wisdom to maybe get there faster or better or anything. However, If you do that, you forget that you're a completely different person trying to do a completely different thing with a completely different skill set. And so that, I think, is a thing that I did in the beginning of my business is I tried to look at all these successful businesses and kind of replicate 
not to say, I don't want to say cut corners, but to try and just accelerate my own um, and, and to do it more efficiently and to do it better, right? No, I had to learn everything the hard way. Um, and so the other point I want to make about that is what happens when you do that, when you look at what somebody else is doing? Number one, you're putting yourself in a position to feel bad about yourself all the time You're because you're only going to be comparing yourself to that person and going, well, they have they did it this way. Why doesn't mine look that refined? Or why can't my website look that good? Or all these things. So you're putting yourself in a constant position to be having negative self-talk, which is not going to fuel your creativity at all. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you're going to try and do too many things at once. Mm-hmm. And the third thing you're going to do is you're going to do it all up here and not out in the real world. So how many of you guys out there listening or watching right now, you've got the Google Docs or whatever your your kind of ideation tool of choice is. You've got the notebooks or you've got the planners or whatever, and you've got all the plans. And you have things written down about this thing you saw somebody else do that you want to incorporate. And we need to have the YouTube channel. We need to make sure the Instagram feed is perfect. And we need to make sure. And you've got it all written down, but you haven't really made a dent in any of it. And it's because, again, going back to that optimizing mindset, you want to have it all figured out right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you don't take action on any of it. And so experimentation, I think, is the solution to that problem. The second you start to shift your mindset into this place of, guess what? It's not going to work for me the way it worked for all those other people. So I might as well take action. We always say err on the side of action. Take some sort of action, do it imperfectly, and learn from that because that's actually going to get you to a place where six months down the road, you don't feel like, holy crap, I haven't done anything. Yeah, I think the the paralyzation of choice or analysis paralysis or whatever. Paralyzation? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Paralysis? Sure. No, I'm actually asking, is paralyzation well, a, tr- a word? I don't know. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, is it a word? I don't know. Sorry, I really interrupted your flow. Analysis paralysis is absolutely a real thing. And yeah. it, it's it's something that you deal with at every walk of the journey in owning your own business, but especially in the beginning. And I remember when I started my I Read Your Shirt business, I didn't really have anybody to compare it to. So there right. was no analysis paralysis. It was just make the thing. But then I started looking at other businesses that even weren't related to mine. So like, let's go back to the fictitious candle company. You just look at like a a food delivery company that a friend of yours owns and it's just doing so well. And you're like, but why am I not doing that well? In which case you're like, again, you're comparing your journey to someone else's and it's just so different. And so what you need to do is just go, okay, here are the things I like that they've done. And I need to write them all down in my journal, like you talked about or in my notes or whatever. And then I need to go, let me do some of them. Try that. And I'm going to go and let's get real practical with this. And let's go, I have six ideas of things that I want to do for my business. Well, guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to do them all at once because yep. it's gonna, I'm going to burn out. I'm going to be overwhelmed. You're also not going to know which one's worked. So right? what you do is you go, okay, the next six months, I'm going to try one of these things per month mm-hmm. and I'm going to do them and I'm going to reflect on them and then I'm going to try the next thing. And I'm not going to go, oh, this one worked really well. I'm not going to do any of the other ones because that's not the experimenter's mindset. That's the like, I'm going to do something and stick with it because maybe or maybe not it worked. It's I'm going to keep experimenting and then I'm going to have all this data at the end and it's just six months, which is not a long time to go, you know what? Month one worked, but month five, I loved that. And it didn't work as well, maybe financially, but I was stress-free. Uh, it really felt good. The customers were liked it, whatever it is. And so you have all this data that you can look at. And I think as business owners, we are very much adverse by nature to the data and the analytics of 
like what's actually going on in the business, not like your website analytics or your views. It's like the things that you can actually tangibly see of sales, of happy customers, of those things. And we're, we're kind of blind to them because all we can see are the things that are going wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we focus on all the things that aren't right, as opposed to focusing on the things that are working and going, okay, how can I improve those and, and, and like do more of that stuff? Yeah. And, um, touching on that a little bit, the, and going back to the first keyword that you said, Seed planting? Seed planting. Seed planting. So I remember the first year in Made Vibrant, really the first six months, because that's when it was just hitting me the hardest, where I felt like I was doing all this stuff right. It felt like I had this great website. I was blogging. I was doing all this stuff, and nothing was really coming of it. But the thing that I had to remind myself is that entire year was just about planting seeds. Mm -hmm. And that if you're in the thick of that right now, you can't expect all of those seeds to bloom right away. They need time. People need to see or hear about you multiple times. People need to have different touch points with you. It's not all this opportunity isn't going to just come to you because right out of the gate, you start to do these things. Really, that time element is so crucial. And it's the thing that sucks because if you're in the beginning and you need to be making money, patience is not something that you have a ton of. And, and only you can figure out how much time that you have under your belt before you start to go, I need to go get a job while I plant these seeds. But thankfully for me, I just, I really did at one point just make that shift and go, oh, I'm not going to see this return right away. And instead I'm going to focus on the process and the joy of the process. I'm going to focus on making my writing the things that I want to write about. I'm going to focus on making my website the best that it can be. I'm going to focus on doing the work of servicing my clients and getting better with every single client and instead of kind of looking ahead and going and feeling like my hands were empty with all of these things that I had tried, I just focused on the process and trusted that the seeds that I was planting and that I was actually taking action and I was actually experimenting, that that was going to pay off. And I'm telling you, literally, like it was, I think, nine months after I started the business, things started to pop. Yeah. And I think it's really important to think about this from a practical standpoint of, okay, what seeds do I need to plant? Because again, like you could, there are so many things that you could do. So I think it's really important to think about, well, what skills do you have or what type of content do you want to create for your business that's like your zone of genius, as, as people call it? And for us, we both naturally write. We mm -hmm. both write very differently, but it's it's easy for us to sit down and write. Whereas it's not easy for me to sit down and create art. It's easy for you to sit down and create art. Um, it's I don't know if it's easy for us to make videos, but like we, <laughs> we can make videos. It, we tend to run into roadblocks. We're getting better. But it, so it's, it's about figuring out for you what that thing is and then going, okay, I'm going to plant a seed using this type of content or doing this type of thing because the seed planting can also be just outreach. Yeah. So if you're a B2B business owner and you're listening to this and you're like, I just need to get more clients or I need to get more companies that buy my product or whatever, then maybe you don't need to create content. Maybe that's not your thing, but maybe you want to reach out to one person every day for the next year. And so that's 365 people you could reach out to. Now, make that easier on yourself by every month, the beginning of the month, write down 30 company names in a spreadsheet and start emailing them. Then do a follow-up. And so you actually create a system and a process that helps you stick with this seed planting uh, idea. And so that works on outreach. It works on creating content like emails, articles, videos, et cetera. And it gets very easy to then look back and go, wow, I planted 50 seeds last year. And you know what? Two of them bloomed into something amazing, a relationship or a product or, or some cool thing that happened for me. But guess what? That would not have happened had you not planted all the other seeds that didn't do anything. So many things. You only get two now. No. So 
the big thing that you touched on there without saying it that I want to also bring up is consistency. Uh, so you have to also be really consistent. <laughs> you could steal it. No, but I see how I said it. No. Yeah. Um, you and I always say that kind of the magic formula for us in the beginning was authenticity plus consistency. And you need you need one and the other. Especially like Especially in the beginning. Exactly. So showing up authentically to who you are, not trying to be anybody else because you're going to end up building the wrong audience, but really being shining your light as brightly as you can and as true as you can in the beginning is going to help you attract the right people and then showing up for them on a consistent basis, whatever you choose to do. So I would say that it's less important that you're doing all the things and more important that you're doing as many things as you can consistently. That's the biggest piece of advice. Um, the second piece of advice that I'm trying to <laughs> I, find again, because it was in there. I just got so excited about authenticity and consistency. Talked about seed planting, talked about creating systems and processes systems for and it. Processes. Talked about talked how they're about. not all going to bloom into beautiful blossomy I'll come flowers. Back to it. Oh, okay. Lost it. Yeah. So I just think that when you're in your first year of business, it can look like you're doing all of this futile work. Mm -hmm. It can look like, well, why am I making videos for? 50 people to watch on YouTube? Why am I writing articles that 12 people yes. read? Why am I sending emails to seven email subscribers? Yes. By the way, raise your hand if you sent your first email to four email subscribers. That's Miss Caroline Zook. Mrs. Caroline Zook, thank you. Uh, 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 raise, oops, forgot my <laughs> Raise your hand if that email was exactly as long and as thoughtful and as like well thought out as an email that I sent last week. Yeah. For four people, for and actually two YouTube, of them were Jason and myself. So for those really of you not watching YouTube, Caroline is raising her arm in an upward motion as if she was in a class. She was a student, and a teacher was asking a question, <laughs> and she had the answer. But the point is, the reason that I was able to do that is because I focused on the process and not the numbers. I wasn't who was going to see it. It was, I'm doing this. I'm committing to this. I'm going to show up every Monday. I'm going to write this newsletter, and I'm going to do it over and over and over and over again, trusting that those are seeds that are going to be planted. Listen, like as of recording this podcast episode, which we put up as a show on YouTube— these episodes get less than 200 views. Some of them are just under 100 views. That is not a lot of views for the amount of time, energy, and effort we put into this. But guess exactly what we're doing that we're telling you. We are planting seeds. And we are showing up and we are going to continue to do it because we 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 always talk about this. We focus on doing the show that we would want to listen to. Yep. And so when we focus on the product of the show and the process of the show and not how many people are going to see it, that is when you're in seed planting mode. Yeah, and I just think that it's very easy, again, to fall into the trappings, the comparison traps of owning your own business of, oh, well, so-and-so other person does a similar thing and they have hundreds of thousands of views or whatever. Good. Great for them. I'm so happy for them. That's awesome. That's not the journey that we're on and we're not trying to get to that. We don't care about those things. We just want to make a quality product that helps people. I have a question. Sure. You're I'm raising, raising my you hand. You're raising your hand again thing. I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone listening slash watching right now. And what going, type of shoes? Can I just have clogs? I knew you were going to say clogs. Can you give me something that's like a little bit like not so uncomfortable? Clown shoes. All right. Those are puffy and, and comfy on my feet. All right. I'll deal with I'll go with it. No, yeah. I'm putting myself in the shoes. So why do you care what shoes they are? Oh, we're sharing the shoes. Slippers. <gasps> that's a business idea. Share shoes for shoes. couples. <laughs> so you can lay on the couch and both because put your Because you're feet size in shoes. 14 and my size 8 and a half. First of all, size 16. Let's not you limit. You wear a size 16 shoe. If I wore a size 14, my life would be so easy. I could go into Foot Locker. I could go into Finish Sorry, Line. Sorry, I have no sense of sizes. 14 is like a normal size? Size 14 is like the top. the top of where almost every manufacturer who makes shoes stops. stops. So like Allbirds, a wonderful company you show your foot right now? that makes merino wool shoes that I would love to buy because they look so comfy and wonderful. I tried to buy a size 14, not a chance. Tom's, 
A okay, company we're I would running love out of time, and I have an important America. question. If somebody makes watching- bigger <laughs> shoe sizes is the key to this episode. <laughs> this is a business opportunity, guys. Size 16 shoes. That's just what the business is it's called. It's oddball.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. They just have crappy selection. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, be I don't better. have a lot to be say. Be better than that. Yeah. I am wondering, though, if you're watching this and you're going, yeah, like, what if I'm in that second bucket that I noticed or that I mentioned at the beginning, which is like, how do I know when I am need to push through? Because my nothing's paying off and when I'm just being delusional and this isn't, I'm not good at this. Yeah. I, I, again, I think it goes back to reflecting on the data of this a little bit. Yeah. And so I think there's a couple different data um, points to pay attention to. Number one. Not Dana Point, which is Dana a Point, city near Which is us. the city where we live. The data points that you need to pay attention to are, is there some type of growth? That's not hockey stick growth. Mm-hmm. That's just upward momentum. Mm-hmm. So like our views on our videos, mm-hmm. we've told ourselves we're going to do the show for six months. Mm-hmm. If in six months, the show still has 200 views per episode, mm-hmm. the podcast episodes still have 500 downloads per episode, and it has not grown at all. To me, I would probably say, let's stop doing it and let's invest that time in something else. Maybe. Although Maybe. growth Maybe. isn't always the metric, right? So that's the thing. So the other data point to look at there that's important is, am I enjoying doing this work? Yeah. And I think for anyone creating anything, you look for the upward momentum, not just hockey stick, upward momentum, and you go, okay, maybe there's not enough of that. However, I really like doing this. Yeah. And I get a lot of personal value and satisfaction out of doing this Mm -hmm. thing. And so for me, like I think about my public speaking career as something where that led to a lot of business. It led to me landing sponsorships, me getting relationships with other companies and other things. And as much as that had upward momentum Mm -hmm. in both financial return and business growth, it was not fun for me at all. Mm-hmm. So that data point of me looking at going, I don't enjoy this. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring value to me. I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who was probably in my position, they would have said, oh, I'm going to keep going because it's working. It wasn't something that's working for me. So I think to your to your question, though, of the, someone who is doing things that aren't necessarily working, quote mm-hmm. unquote, I'm doing airplane quotes here, um, is, is to really evaluate, is there any momentum after a certain amount of time that's a reasonable amount of time to be doing something consistently and authentically? And two, are you still enjoying the process of doing it? Yeah. And I think also just defining your own metrics. So if you're starting your own business and I think defining what we call your your number, your triple M number, your monthly minimum magic magic number. Um, what is that? Is that a thousand dollars a month because it's a side hustle? Is that five thousand dollars a month because you have to support your family? What is that number? And how much time do you have before that starts to get too tight? And then that's your metric. And then you have to stick to that. So it's just by being thoughtful about defining some of those things, you can just kind of take the control back and the power back and say, listen, I tried this. I didn't get to that that thing that I was trying to do. And so I'm going to move on. Um, another thing that I did want to mention, just because I think it might be interesting for people to know, is that we, when people sign up for a Wandering Aimfully membership, we ask them how they heard about us or what led them to buy. We send out a survey. And um, through that qualitative data, we've gotten multiple people who have said, I watched the podcast or I saw you on this podcast. I came and watched a few of episodes of yours and I really liked what you guys were about. And so I bought. And so like Jason said, six months from now, if the show stays at 200 views, but we're still getting the data that are, but we're still getting the data that our customers I'm sorry, the, t- uh, the timer No, but we're still getting the data that I'm sorry, but the- it's contributing <laughs> to getting customers. Then we go, oh, that's a data point where it's working for our business. So we don't care right, what the growth is. The most important metric is of the show is, right. is are people signing up for our membership. So for you, if you're writing blog posts and 50 people are reading them, but you're getting a client yep. from those, 
Keep doing that. If seven people are reading them, you're getting yeah. quiet. Like, again, I think Caroline's really right on defining the metrics for your business or, you know, especially in that first year of what what is the minimum thing that you need to continue to operate this business? That is so important for you to define because then you're not going, well, my business isn't a $100,000 a year business. So, I, you know, the client I'm getting every seven views of my articles is not it's not enough. Like that's not a realistic goal. And the last thing I'll say as a takeaway from that specific scenario is constantly asking yourself because when you're in the beginning of your business, you don't have a ton of time resources. You're probably flying solo. So always asking yourself whatever you're trying to do, is there a way that you can measure the effectiveness of that? I'm not saying like be super in the weeds with data and all this stuff, but just simply going, how will I know if this was effective? How will I know if you really love me? How will I know Really don't know the words. Wow. We should both, we should start a duet. A, a duo. A duet. A duet is a song. A duo let's, is a band. Let's start. So a, do you want to start a duet or do you want to start a duo? I don't know. All right. Let's go to, we Googled that for you. Everyone's favorite segment. And by everyone's favorite segment, I mean mine. It's uh, my favorite too. This is a segment where we Google something for you. And most of the time, the other person has no idea what it is. I am 1000% certain there is no chance that Caroline gets this one That's this episode. setting me up for failure. Oh, no. Okay. I Googled for you and for the lovely people at home. Yes. Caroline, what is fan death? Fan death? Fan death. Is it one word or two words? Two words. Can I have the country of origin, please? Uh, <laughs> I can't because it'll give away it's the answer. two words. Fan death. Fan death. No. What is it? Can you give me some context? Right? Nope. Okay. Fan death. Yeah. Is where yep. your overhead ceiling fan runs out of batteries, and so it dies, and after four years, it just dies. Hashtag fan death. Hashtag fan death. Wow. Nailed it. Wait, one more guess. Okay. <laughs> Is this one sillier death. or more realistic? Fan death. No, that's it. That's okay, that was it. There was no second guess. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that's wrong. Fan death is a well-known superstition- in Korean culture, where it is thought that running an electric fan in a closed room with unopened or no windows will prove fatal. Do you know that this is an Italian superstition as well? Oh, is it? Oh, we talked about we this. We talked about yeah. this. We were in Italy and somebody was like saying despite, it. Was like, oh, yeah, the air conditioning. The air, it was conditioning. air conditioning, not fans yeah. for Italy. Uh, despite no concrete evidence to support the concept, belief in fan death persists to this day in Korea, in South Korea. Oh, can you do a quick Google and see? And see what the Italian version's called? Maybe. Maybe uh, it's also, maybe it's AC death. One conspiracy theory of where fan death started okay. was that in South Korea, the government created and perpetuated the myth as propaganda to, cur to curb the energy consumption of South Korean households in the 1970s energy crisis. But Slate reported that the myth is much older than that, dating almost as far back as the introduction as electric fans in Korea in an article in 19. 27. I feel like this is a fun, like, uh, tangent for us to go down for future Wagukdafis, which are myths. I just think myths are so interesting and in how they catch on and stuff like that. It is really. I literally just had a thought. And I was like, what are you doing on your phone right now? Uh, <laughs> I told you to look it up. I just looked up. So I started typing Italy air conditioning. And okay. the first thing that came up was Italy air conditioning law, which no, I thought was interesting. superstition. Uh, Our editor's going to love <laughs> Editing this. Well, there's no there's no edit to this. We just let it roll. We just let it roll. Italy air, air conditioning, conditioning 
superstition. This is the part of the show where we just Google stuff. And say it out loud. Superstition is a tough word. People Type. are Googling it right now, and they're doing it faster than you, and they're like, you're going so slow. Um, There is not, like, an article that's, okay. like, right We're not here. crazy. We heard that from multiple people. We did hear that. Anyway, if you fan death. find fan this death. article, please post it in the comments because... I'm of not YouTube. crazy. I know that somebody in Italy told me that this is a thing. Fan wasn't death. it our, um, wasn't it Sophie our? Maybe. Mentor? I don't know. But no matter what, let's Fan go back death. to the actual Wilgug defeat. How okay. crazy is that? Very. I need to let everybody know whether you're in South Korea or not. We've had fans on in rooms with, with no windows. With closed windows. And, and we're okay. And it's, it doesn't so kill far. you. You just, it's so not, far. It's not fatal. You can turn them on. It's okay. But they will die after four years. What a crazy Hashtag weird thing death. I found, huh? How did you stumble across that? I don't know. Through the through the catacombs and of the Google. Interwebs. All right, everybody. We hope this episode on getting your first year in business going, or maybe it's you know any year of your business going, and you've just got some new ideas, new things kicking around that can help you keep persevering. Or like Caroline said, maybe you get just maybe you just want to get a regular job. It's okay. That's cool too. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a leave a rating and review on iTunes. Please do. Apple Podcasts, the app. It's really easy. It'll take you. I could start timing you right now. If you paused this and then went over to the app, clicked stars, we're a five-star family only, awesome. and then left a review, talked about the amazing Wagug to Fee facts that you learn every yes. single week. Also, maybe just tell one person if you like the show. Just text message one person on your phone right now. Just hey, like, you gotta listen wandering to Wandering the show. That's all you say. Don't say anything else. <laughs> then, Very cryptic. And then uh, they Google it, and then it's a Wagug to Fee for them. Nice. Good job. All right. Thanks for Have watching and listening. <laughs>